It's strengthening you in your faith with God. It fills my mind and my heart with truth. Touched my heart. You know, it's just so heartwarming. And with all the things going on in the world right now, it's nice to have heartwarming and have hope. Heartfelt Radio, 91.9 FM. My name's Mark. I'm Gabe. And frequent guest points are awarded once again to <laughs> Pastor Tom Repke from Linden Road Presbyterian. Good morning, Good morning Pastor, Pastor Tom. Good morning, Mark and Gabe. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, we, I think, we make up things around well, here. Well, yeah, we do. We're going to have to have frequent guest points. Uh, there we go. Good for deals on, you know, merch and things like that. Yeah, we'll give you okay. a heartfelt Radio 91.9 sticker to put on your car. <laughs> I already have one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll find you something else. Come up with something else. Okay. Well, I can Pastor, put one on the other side. Yeah, Pastor Tom <laughs> is with us on a regular basis here on 91.9 and on Mornings with Mark and Gabe, uh, because when things are happening in the realm of the church, uh, we always like to lean on him to get a little quick analysis. So set this up. We've been trying to set it up a little bit this morning. Late last week... Pastor Andy Stanley, big church in the Atlanta area, actually a couple of campuses. He got quite an invitation, didn't he? He did. One of his uh, lifelong friends invited him, his current legislator in the, in the Georgia General Assembly, invited him to come and do what is offered even here in Ohio. You know, Each day they have a chaplain when they're in session to come and just bring a you know, word of, from God and then also pray over the, the endeavors of the day and just guide them through the process. And so that happened for uh, Andy. And it was kind of fun. I've never seen him in a coat and tie. So he, he understood <laughs> oh, wow. where he was going. So, which is important, right? So, and he, uh, you know, basically, it was actually last Tuesday, uh, leaned into, and he sort of set it up saying, you'll never have me back again, probably, (laughs) because I have some things I want to share. And I think you just, you know, you give consideration to the season we've all been these last couple years. And even as you mentioned, you know, earlier about the debate coming up, you know, in the the Ohio Senate, and Mm -hmm. not that dialogue and debate isn't a, a, a good thing, but it's this sort of dissension, this division, if you will, uh, that comes. And that's not the best thing we need from the people. And so Andy basically took him to task. He scolded him and said, we can do better. Okay. We're after, after we hear this clip, and it's, it's about eight minutes, and I've, I've kind of shrunk his appearance from about 15 minutes down to eight. But I think we need to pay attention like right off the top because he's going to get after it real quick. And then we need to listen closely, because I don't think this is just for legislators, Tom. I agree. Right? Yeah. Especially this season. We just are, yeah. We, our civil discourse needs to change. Here is Andy Stanley last week in front of the Georgia State Legislature. To those of you who pander to and foster division... You are terrible leaders, and let me tell you why. If you need an enemy in order to lead, you're a poor leader. What if, what if we as the leaders in this state decide that we don't need an enemy in order to win, and we don't need an enemy in order to lead, because that 
is extraordinary leadership. But the problem or challenge is where you sit and what, with what you've been asked to do and what you feel the pressure to do. You, have, you, have we ever seen it done that way? Have we ever seen somebody do something extraordinary politically in a state or for a country or for a country where they didn't kick off the wall and have to leverage off an enemy? What if you just decided, you know what? We're not going to do that anymore. This is something I learned from Jesus. I'm a pastor, so I need to talk about Jesus at least once. And here it is. <laughs> Jesus says, this is important. Just because somebody considers you their enemy, you do not have to return the favor. Just because, uh-oh, yeah. <clears throat> Just because somebody considers you their enemy, you do, not, you do not have to take your cues from your enemies and call them or treat them like an enemy. What if we just did that? So here's my <clears throat> advice, and I'll wrap this up real quick. I want you to resist what um, psychologists or uh, psychiatrists refer to as fundamental attribution error. Fundamental attribution error. I'd like for us to all just say that together because it's maybe the only thing we've learned today. Ready? Fundamental attribution error. Let me tell you what fundamental attribution error is in case you don't know. Fundamental attribution error is when I ascribe to you and to your behavior um, character issues, but when I do the same thing, I, I, I justify what I'm doing based on the fact that there were circumstantial issues. For example, when I'm late to work, it's because I was helping my wife and being a good husband and a good father, and there was an accident on Georgia 400. When you're late to work, I decide that you're just lazy, you don't care, that you're irresponsible, you're disorganized at home, and you're not really committed to the organization. That's what fundamental attribution error is. It is attributing to the other person character issues and motive issues instead of circumstantial issues. But then when we mess up and we stumble, we immediately excuse you know, what we've done because you know, things are busy, you know, there's experiences going on, there's circumstances going on. In your world, it sounds like this. The corrupt Democrats and the racist Republicans. The corrupt Democrats, it's character. All of them are corrupt. The racist Republicans, they're all a bunch of racists. And you know that's not true. So what if in the state of Georgia, we just stop using that language? I mean, it may never catch on any other state. It's certainly not going to catch on in Washington, D.C. But what if it caught on in the state of Georgia? We gave up with clearly something's wrong with these people. How can they say that? How can they support her? How can, how can, how can? Thanks to fundamental attribution error, we know the answer to the questions, and it's because, you know, again, the Democrats are godless socialists and the Republicans are ignorant racists, right? Their actions and decisions couldn't possibly have anything to do with how they grew up, where they grew up, who they grew up around, how they were raised, and what they experienced along the way. These people aren't responding to circumstances and experiences. They have character issues. They're corrupt from within. And then one of your children or grandchildren switches parties. So, uh-oh. So they're not all racist and they're not all corrupt. Well, of course they're not. So what if, what if we just stopped with all that in the state of Georgia? Be better than that. Because you know better than that. And we let our people better than that. And when someone with, and I know this is unrealistic, but we can, we can just dream, can't we? When someone with a microphone starts ginning up the crowd with all that crap, you know, you know don't, don't clap. Don't say amen. Don't get caught up in it. Don't approve of divide them up and keep them scared leadership. Just walk out. And better than walk out. Walk toward the middle. Because the middle is where the problems are solved. You know that. 
The messy middle is where the problems are solved, but to walk toward the messy middle, we all have to get out of our Republican and Democrat bucket and walk toward the middle. And that's not popular. But what if in the state of Georgia, we decided, you know what? We're not gonna be political. We're gonna be leaders. Walk toward the middle, the messy middle, where problems are solved and experiences are shared. You know what happens in the middle? In the middle, we go, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I always thought. Oh, I always assumed. That's why problems are solved in the middle. Dr. King, I learned this the first time I, this, this dawned on me was when I read Letters from a Birmingham Jail, Letter from a Birmingham Jail, where he talked about, I was going to quote it, but it's such a long quote. He talked about standing in the middle. When you stand in the middle, you get shot at from both sides. But he has the statue on the mall. Just think about that. Jesus understood this, stood in the middle. Everybody wanted Jesus to be a part of their thing. Everybody still wants Jesus to be a part of their thing, right? The temple conspired against him. The empire conspired against him. There is no Roman empire. And the temple hasn't been in operation since 40 years after Jesus was crucified. So this is the way forward. This is the way you change the world. And this is your opportunity and our opportunity to make the state of Georgia, not just great, I love our state, but to make it amazing. Now I, I understand, but not as well as you do, it is hard to raise money in the middle. It's hard to get people angry enough to vote in the middle. It's hard to get people to turn out and vote if you've not made them afraid of their enemy in the middle. It's hard to be, you know, it's hard to do what you do if you don't play this silly game. And I just wish we would stop with, oh no, we're losing, we're losing, we're losing. If you don't support me, if you don't do this, we're gonna lose. Y you realize in the world of politics, the goal is to always appear as if you're losing, but not to actually lose. What a terrible way to lead. What if you just, what if we just stopped with all that? And when we catch each other doing that, we call each other out and we sit in those silly rallies and those things and people, you just decide, you know what, even though I'm in your party, even though I'll probably vote for you, I'm not buying it. And I'm not gonna respect it by clapping for it. Now to do this requires a lot of personal maturity and personal security to lead from the middle. It will require you to love our state more than you love your party. Do you love the state of Georgia more than you love your party? If not, maybe you should do something else, right? And I'm not, I, if you, aren't we supposed to love the, I know that's why you're here. I know that's why you got into this. Again, division, you know, disagreement, it's always gonna be there, but disunity, it's a choice. So you'll know which one you love more and the people around you will know which one you love more based on your willingness or unwillingness to move out of your partisan corner towards one another in the middle. I love the state of Georgia. You love the state of Georgia. It's great. Let's make it amazing. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to stand in the middle between us and our sin and our perfect heavenly father. So with that as an example, regardless of what we believe or who we believe in or who we worship or pray to, I pray that we would have the courage to move toward each other and to listen and to love our state and to love the people in our state more than we love the categories that we've been strapped with. 
So give us eyes to see and ears to hear and then give us the courage because it'll take courage to follow in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was certainly different than what they may have heard in the legislature from their chaplain, uh, Thomas. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so... The problem is it's always the middle. And even you know, just to look at it from a political standpoint, just for a moment, I mean, in Ohio, there are almost 8 million voters. Uh-huh. And yet of those 8 million voters, only only a million of them are registered Democrats and, and not quite a million, 800,000 are registered Republicans. Uh-huh. And then there's a couple thousand Libertarians. But it's in the middle where things have to be determined. And it just seems like in this season, and Andy, I just am so grateful for the platform that God's given him. To say, look, we have to do better because the season that we're in coming out of the pandemic and now dealing with, you know, just all the global efforts. And you wonder, as we've talked over the many months, you know, what is God doing? Because obviously he sits on the throne and yet it's like, really? We all thought we were going to go off for a summer vacation, right? And drive (laughs) to, you know, the West Coast. And it's like, not going to happen when gasoline is what it is. And so Andy, I think... I love the fact that he's pushing us to do better. And, and, and we know that it's always going to be imperfect. I mean, it's been imperfect since the garden. And we've all been trying to figure this out. And, and the things that David Zanotti and the roundtable does is so important to trying to raise the level of civil discourse. But when you, I love how he pointed out, it's like when you, you do the, the, that term he talked about, the, uh, what was it? The, uh, fundamental attribution era yeah you know, mm-hmm. that, right and what drives me nuts and i don't know if it drives you but when we hear the nightly news and you know this person you know so, somebody in leadership in the house says they lied they're liars and and somebody else says they're you know on the other side says they're liars and it's just like wait a minute i know that's not true but what it is it's grounded in a worldview and when mm-hmm. jesus isn't the center of who you are then then these things come from that and, and we have to figure out how to make it work because there is, even within the church, you know, Paul didn't exactly have a consensus on everything he did, right? We know right. that there were disagreements. Just read through the book of Acts. It's kind of messy, but it's always been messy. And that's why in the season of Lent, it's so amazing that we have the promises Andy prayed us out of the hope of the gospel, which is Jesus stands in the middle and, and draws us to himself. But we also have to figure out how to live in community. And that's about a battle of ideas. Oh, Pastor Tom Repke is with us, and I don't know about you, Gabe, but one of the things that really stuck with me, and I know it made people uncomfortable, uh, who probably, not only in that chamber, but a lot of people who were listening, the idea of the messy middle, Mm -hmm. but then when he prayed about Jesus standing in the middle between us and our sin and his heavenly Father, boom. Yeah. That really drove it home to me i only wish that he had been in dc i mean i wish he had been (laughs) you know in front of uh the congress and and everybody because that was powerful i'd like to see him kick off the debate tonight at fox (laughs) eight you know yeah, well, he's, he's, he's got a new book coming out in the fall that he's trying to drive some conversation at the level. Because, you know, Georgia, if you followed the national politics at all, it's it's kind of complicated there. Oh, yeah. And, and at some point, and, and, you know, and part of the reason I think we, we you're talking with me about this, I mean, my background, I was in state and national politics before I went into vocational ministry because I thought that was the answer. And then I realized, in fact, it was after my walk to Emmaus. I just came off a weekend with some amazing men this week. It was the first time in two years that we've regathered, and we helped some men move deeper in their relationship with Jesus. 
but to be reminded that it's about our hearts. And if our hearts aren't right, then the rest mm. of it sort of falls south. And then when you go to the global level, right, you, you take a look at what's taking place in Ukraine and, and, and Russia, it's like it's a worldview. You know, President Putin has a view of the world that is not grounded in the scriptures. And that's mm -hmm. a problem. And you, what you mm -hmm. get from that is this. You know, is is an incredible decimation and desolation of people's lives. What two million, three million people now displaced? Yeah. I mean, that should break our hearts. And when we hear Pastor mm -hmm. Sergey talk about what's going on, and so these things matter because it only comes back to us individually, especially here in this great land of who we are, because we're grounded in certain ideas about who we are as human beings that we're free and we have the ability to choose. Now, is it perfect? No. We, we know that, and even the founders knew that, and Dave Zanotti talks about that every day, you know, in, in trying to raise our awareness of being, you know, focused on the fact that Jesus is our hope, and yet we have to figure out somehow how to live in community with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God is not the author of confusion, which we seem no. to be living in. Um, you know, even, even growing up, I didn't know exactly what was going on with politics, but my dad watched the news a lot. Um, and I see a huge difference in the way people, you know, Congress and the House of Representatives, the way they treat yeah. each other now compared to then, there is a hostility now. And, and it's shocking to me, um, you know, just the lack of respect for each well, other. And it's just so different. It is. But I, I'd like to say, say that I think it's more because we know about it um, because of social media. I think if you go back and you know read through the Lincoln Douglas debates, it was messy, mm -hmm. you know. But we didn't have YouTube and Facebook Live telling us what was going on. I mean, it was complicated because it's always been complicated because it's about a battle of ideas. And so fundamentally, we think if we just you know call each other bad names, that you know move in these directions, and it's like that's. So I love that Andy, you know, he, he sort of gave a paraphrase, but it comes from Luke chapter six, verse thirty-five, where Jesus says, "But love your enemies and do." Good good and lend expecting nothing mm. nothing in return and your reward will be great okay you know wow <laughs> pastor tom <laughs> repke joining us once again this morning from linden road presbyterian church i know that andy stanley already prayed in this segment but if you could lead us as we move into this monday not just you know a legislature but all of us as human beings on yeah. a day that, uh, by the way, yeah. uh, Gabe pointed out is it is. Let me let me get my sheet so I have it right. It is National Common, Common Courtesy, Courtesy day. day. Good grief! Yeah, and I, when I that? when I saw that we were going to be talking about this, I'm like, oh, it's National Common Courtesy Day. This is exactly well, there, what he's talking God about. Goes, yeah, there God goes again, right? Before right. us, up. that's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Lead so us, yeah, Tom. let's pray. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, we just echo what our brother Andy Stanley said that we know that you're in the middle and that you draw us to you, and that in that we know we're going to have disagreements. But we just pray that your Holy Spirit, even today, even tonight, as there's a debate in a TV station, we we want our leaders to lead us because we need that's what they're called to do. But we we also want them to know there's a responsibility. So move in their hearts, convict them to talk about the ideas that matter. And for all of us, as, uh, as just your people, as your, your heavenly citizens that are living here on earth, encourage us to lean in in ways that will challenge us, to show courage as, as that's what you've asked us to do. The same courage, Jesus, that you, you modeled in, in the most amazing way by, by going to Calvary and rescuing us, not just to take us to heaven with you eventually, but actually to bring your kingdom here on earth so that life can be a whole different thing.